Hi, everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt. We are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I am fantastic, Robbie. I am just absolutely all about uh, children committing murder. That's that's just a fun old gag. Yeah. Are you okay, Robbie? I'm fine. I don't know. Uh, it's really hard for me to get past the B-plot in this, I think. I really think yeah, I can't. Okay. Uh, hello. Hello. Hello, listeners. We are brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. Uh, for $2 a month, gain access to all of our bonus podcasts. $5 a month, gain access to all those bonus podcasts, plus these episodes early and uncut, plus our entire back catalog that's fallen off the main feed, slightly remastered. We have someone to thank, Matthew. The best people in the world? Okay. Well, it's just one person this time. Oh, okay. But yeah. Uh, I- Iceland? Iceland? However you say your name, thank you. Thank you, Iceland. Um, it is, I will, I'm going to repeat this forever, Matt. It is the best deal in podcasting, our Patreon. I just want to reinforce oh, that. absolutely. Not a better deal exists out there. Okay. This week's episode is Dial In for Nerder, episode KABF07, originally aired March 9th, 2008, written by Carolyn Omine and William Wright, directed by Bob Anderson, received a 4.5 rating with 7.3 million viewers, the couch gag. Uh, five pills resembling each member of the Simpsons family on the couch. Professor Frank puts a drop of water on each of them. And they all grow to normal size, except for Homer, who needs a bucket of water. Not bad. Not bad. Couch gag. It's all right. It's okay. Nothing. Ma- I get nothing from you. It's a thing. It's a thing. You can't. You can't say okay, Robbie. I agree. Okay, Robbie. I agree. Thank you. That's all I ask. Um. So dial in for murder. You're thinking this is going to be this is a murder mystery episode, right? I mean, that's what I was hoping for, but... Well, it sort of is. Sort of. It's not really a murder mystery. Really. It's... I don't know. It's a... Are you a... Have you ever watched Columbo? I actually haven't. I really need to. This follows the Columbo school, uh, where it's not... The mystery isn't how the killers did it or if they did it, because you see them do it. It is more about if Columbo can catch them and how. It's not an if. Columbo almost always succeeds. It is how. You know, how does he catch them? What tricks do, does he use to, to foil their their plot? Um, And we have Nelson playing the role of Columbo with Bart and Lisa as the killers. Um, And it's difficult for me in this episode to separate that plot which i would say is the a plot because it's much more serious mm-hmm. but the b plot gets as much time if not more than the the murder plot i would say yeah and the b plot is just so incredibly dumb so we start with the B plot. Homer and Marge are in bed. There, it's it's uh, nighttime. It's time for some uh, some uh, pillow talk, some some sexy times, uh, getting intimate, as Matt describes in our notes. Um, Homer is so out of shape he can't make it across the bed, which is I think they have a queen size bed or something. He can't make it a foot to to Marge. Uh, he's out of shape. He's out of breath just from kissing her. Uh, not a very sexy thing for Marge. Uh, so we cut. Uh, he Homer passes out before they even start, really. And we cut to the next day where Homer's getting home from work, comes in to find Marge cooking. Oh boy, dinner time. The perfect break between work and drunk. Wait, what's that smell? 
It's like a stalk of broccoli fell in a pot of boiling water. It's your new diet. But I have all those old diets I still haven't finished. Your lack of bedroom pizzazz last night started me worrying. So I hired this nutritionist, Betsy Bidwell. Homer, did you know I used to weigh 400 pounds? I'll bet no man would touch you. Well, I went from fat to all that using my simple foolproof diet. It's all about little substitutions. Instead of French toast for breakfast, why not eat a bell pepper? When you crave something sugary, eat a bell pepper. Want a beer? Bell pepper. Mmm. It's tangy like a pepper, but crunchy like a bell. Bell pepper. Hot dogs. Get your hot dogs. One, please. Bell peppers. Piping cold, crunchy, and bland. Three, please. Now, Matt. Yes, Robbie. You might say, man, bell peppers. Can't think of a funnier food. Oh, you wouldn't say that? Is that what? I would not say that oh, okay. because it is completely nonsensical. Oh. That's what I go with. Completely nonsensical. <laughs> well, I I agree with you. Uh, I don't really find bell the idea. It's again, it's just they don't tell jokes. There is not a joke here. The joke is look at all these bell peppers. Bell the idea of bell peppers is so funny that it will overwhelm you with hilarity. Uh, and so we just get seen like four or five scenes in a montage of Homer eating bell peppers. They're in a vending machine. They're they're everywhere. Uh, the that nutritionist lady, bell pepper. She just says the word bell pepper, and we're supposed to laugh. I don't. That's not a joke, guys. That's not a joke. Punch setup, punchline, nothing. So uh, we have this montage of Homer on his bell pepper diet. I guess. I guess this is this is a we- weird parody of like I guess fad diets or something like that. Um, but that's not what this is about. This is not about dieting at all. Not really. Um, because we cut through all this montage, which I can't pull any clips because nothing happens in it except for bell peppers. And Homer has gained weight. He's gained seven pounds in whatever amount of time this is. I don't know. A month maybe. Uh, theoretically only eating bell peppers. So obviously something's amiss. What's going on? How can Homer have gained weight just by eating bell peppers? Um, and Marge kind of keys in on this. She's like, obviously you're not eating just bell peppers. You're cheating on your diet. And they're just mean to each other about it. As she's looking for things that uh, she's looking for him for like hidden food, I guess, hidden snacks. Yeah, she's very upset that he has cheated on his diet. It's almost as if uh, he has cheated on her, which is weird. I mean, that is what that is not a that is not subtext. That quickly becomes text. Um, Oh, yeah, I know. But what is this? What's the fun part? What's the fun part about this? Matt? Where's the fun? Fun, fun. I can't. I cannot take this. This B plot is so bad like i take back everything me and i said about last week's b plot i take every i take back it was it was weird and dumb but it it is a uh, ten thousand times better than this this b plot is so bad i feel like it's an anchor pulling down this whole episode like marge is angry marge it makes marge look like a monster because she's just like hey homer you're on a diet and i'm like He's her husband. He's not a child, Marge. You don't get to decide what he eats. And 
then she get angry at him when he's not eating when he's gaining weight. And you're like, well, maybe if you had a healthy discussion with him about food and not just here, have to eat this bell peppers. And then he's going to get a put on a diet he doesn't like and then rebel out of that diet by eating, probably binging on really bad food for you. Like, yeah, you're you're helping propagate an unhealthy eating march. I don't know if you if you realize that or not. But like this is not this this plot is not interested in adult conversations it's not interested in character it's not interested in anything it is just nonsense it is just a bunch of nonsense and it gets worse and worse and worse um they're mean to each other which i love that on my television show i love this these two people that i i'm really attached to just being mean with no point to it really um marge well the kid uh lisa and this is here we finally get to the a plot now it takes four minutes to get to the a plot of this episode even mention it even a, a barest glimpse of the a plot, meaning Bart. Well, yeah, because at first I thought the a plot was the b plot. I was like, oh, I guess this episode is just about Homer and Marge and weirdness. I I don't understand, but then no, it turns out that is actually the a plot that takes forever to get to. Well, it's and I, I they slightly interweave, not really, but they're around each other. It's all involves the family members, so they're always in the in the house together. There's that at least. Um. But Bart and Lisa are watching television, and this is where Marge sees Sneakers, a TV show, which is based on a real show, uh, very subtly named Cheaters, <laughs> uh, which I don't know. I think it's still going, uh, but I do know that I wasn't one of the hosts stabbed during one of this <laughs> during one during one of the things. I forget. Um, might be thinking of a different show but uh marge sees the show that it, that is like that but she doesn't want to for them to go after homer because he's having an affair uh, or cheating on marge she wants them to go after him because he is cheating on his diet and i've never seen this episode before matt and as it became Lucky. i as it became clear as as this episode went along that that is all this b plot is going to be that's all it is. There's nothing else to this B plot. Certainly seems that way. There's nothing else. It is just, isn't it funny? Like, like I mentioned, like, oh, they think bell pepper is a funny food, so they just hammer it. They think that the idea of a show, a cheating like investigation show, following around Homer because he's cheating on his diet, they think that very concept is the funniest thing there is. And we just and that's the joke. There is a single joke in this B plot, and that is the joke we get, and we get it for half the episode, effectively. Half of the runtime of this episode is the joke is yep. Homer instead of cheating with on Marge, cheating with another lady, he's cheating with food in wacky situations. Whew, boy. Um but cheap Marge chases Bart and Lisa out of the house. And we get them going on a little adventure. And this is the the A plot, quote unquote. I'm not really sure if I'd call it A plot. It is is by far the better of the two plots. Um, but they go to Springfield National Park and they run into Martin. So we get Marge. Here's a clip. It has Marge talking to the sneaker host, sneakers host, and kids running into Martin at the park. I think he's been sneakering on his diet. 
I didn't used to mind it when he'd lock the bathroom door and snack off. But when he's getting it regular, night after night after night. <laughs> there, there. I'm sorry. I'm so emotional. No, I mean cry to the camera over there. There. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Martin, what are you doing? Excavating for arrowheads. Dude, it's Saturday. What kind of a freak waste is... May I join you? Care to make it a trio, Bart? You can brush and I can blow. Well, I agree. You blow. Then it's a plan. A lot of people blow, but no one blows like you. High praise indeed. When you look up blow in the dictionary... Marty's not going to get it. Fine. That is the one gag of this that I laughed at i thought really that's what you laughed at? i did like i did like that i, I mean martin i i laughed at Le- martin's just continually obliviousness and lisa like bart he's not gonna you can stop and i like i i don't know it that got me um there's other this a plot has a it's not a laugh right thing but it certainly it has a couple gags here and there that i thought were fun um way more than the accursed B plot. Um, and I'm going to describe it that way every time now, I think. It is accursed. It is, it, it, it is, wait. Um, so Martin is searching for arrowheads and Lisa joins him. And, um, Bart obviously not interested in looking for arrowheads. He wants to explore. He wants to ride on his bike, whatever. Um, he decides he's going to prank them. Uh, he, he, uh, prank Martin specifically he finds Sideshow Mel sleeping and he takes the bone out of Sideshow Mel's hair he's carefully half buries the bone ties some string to it he is gonna prank Martin so Martin he calls Martin over to the bone half buried Martin's like oh wow a bone um but there's a string on it Bar pulls the string it knocks it pulls it up and like surprises Martin and he falls over a fence on the side of the road, uh, which is a giant cliff, huge cliff. I don't know, half mile. It's about, a long way down. Let's just put it that way. Thousand feet, whatever it is. Um, Martin falls over the cliff and you're like, oh, no, he's dead. No, he's not. He is on a little tiny. He fell a little bit down onto a, a smaller cliff, but he seems to be unconscious, unresponsive. So what the kids do at this point, Matt? is Lisa grabs a stick along a long pole or something. And I don't know. She's, she tells Martin, Hey, grab this. Martin's unresponsive. So she pokes him and she pokes him hard enough that he falls off the cliff. Apparently I did that. that it, it's ridiculous to me. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And I think that's, I don't know. I was I was reading our, our listener reviews of, of this, and they seem to like it more than I do. And I think it's honestly it's because my problems with it are not has nothing to do with the Bart Lisa stuff after Martin is gone. I think that stuff's all fine. You know, them having guilt and trying to bounce, you know, being and acting suspicious because they're they feel guilty. And I think like that's tried and true stuff that I think works just fine. And I like Nelson as Columbo. I think that's cute. Um. The very idea of Martin getting lightly touched with a stick and falling off a cliff. <laughs> it's a bit much, right? Yeah. And like, and it, it, I think it is all the physical details of uh, like, 
And I think it doesn't line up to me with uh, from watching you know Columbo episode where they are actually pretty good in the in Columbo about making the physical evidence and stuff like that make sense. And I, and I think the largest part of this is they have to have Martin live. They can't kill Martin, so they have to make this really silly and and like you're like okay, I like wouldn't wouldn't they try and go for, okay? I don't know. So Martin's dead, I guess. They that they, they assume that Martin has died, and Bart immediately runs away, which is I think I will applaud them for that because that is exactly what uh, a child would do. That is exactly what Bart would do. Bart, that is exactly what Bart would do. He would just run away. Uh, and Lisa's like, "What are you doing, running away?" He's like, "No, I'm going to ride my bike uh, faster way, so I don't have to think about what just happened." And you're like, "Yeah, something bad happened. You just run." Uh, then we, I don't, we go to commercial. Seven minutes and six seconds. Uh, Matt, you get a very long second act because uh, where all the action happens, basically, including way too much of the B plot. So <clears throat> let's see here. Uh, we start off by a news report uh, that Barton at least see Amelia upon returning home. We interrupt Captain Kitty's Comfort Carnival to report on a grisly incident involving a small child who was apparently plunged off a guardrail here at Springfield National Park. According to this pocket protector, the victim's name is Martin Prince. Sadly, his pocket was protected, but nothing else. And we know exactly who is to blame. <gasps> no one. The boy clearly fell by accident. <gasps> he crashed through the tree canopy there and was presumably eaten by this cougar, who is still coughing up parts of the boy's clothes. <coughs> tragic. Just tragic. You think this would fit little Rafi? Chief, that's evidence. I know, but after it's evidence, it's a shirt again, isn't it? So, Chief, what's your final word on the Prince boy? Hmm? Oh, dead. Definitely dead. Uh, Chief, aren't we supposed to uh, notify the family first? What do you think I'm doing right now? So, yes, as we can see, we have the lovely Chief Wiggum doing his best to be a horrible, horrible person. I I will say that I do like the the like they I think they do sometimes are lazy with all this stuff because they know that the Springfield police are lazy. But I do like yeah. the bit where Wiggum, he's like, what do you think I'm doing? I'm, I This is me informing the, the families. <laughs> I think that that is that works. I like that. Um it, it's it's these little physical details where like if you're doing a murder mystery i want it you, i don't want you to just go you can't just wave it away like when they say yeah oh, the cougar probably ate his body i'm like i in real life they would kill that cougar and cut open the, the cougar or they would make it puke like they would take if they have the cute if they have the cougar in custody they would take it to a, a wildlife vet and they would induce vomiting in the cougar so it would throw up the parts of the body so they could identify it. That is, that's what they would do. They that would, sounds like a lot of work for the Springfield PD. I know that, Matt. And I understand, like, yes, you can explain away a lot because you just write the chief, chief, chief Wiggum and the rest of the cops is lazy. So you don't have them actually have to do police work. But I already know. I think this is another block on my part is I know they're not going to kill Martin. <laughs> Like I, there's no way on earth they're gonna kill. I know they don't. I know they don't. And it's these things where you, where I don't have watched. I've watched this episode zero times, Matt. I knew immediately Martin's gonna show up at the end of the episode. Oh, of course. I mean, this is The Simpsons. They're not gonna kill a child. No, and it's just like, well, I know that, so they have to work twice as hard to. For them, they have to put more roadblocks in their own way, effectively, where they have to say, oh, well, no, we 
And, and like, I don't know, like, they're just like, oh, we didn't find a body. We're like, you need a body for this to work. It's without a, it's not a murder. If it's not, if there's no murder, if there's no body, <laughs> you're like, I, okay. So, uh, Lisa, immediately after this news report, has a fantasy about her going to jail uh, because she's an accomplice to murder. Uh, I guess that's what we're going with here. I mean, I did. So, I I would actually argue that she is the murderer in this case. Bart just knocked him off onto a smaller cliff. She literally pushed him off. Lisa well, is yeah, the killer. I I like this bit solely because of Lisa's horror that they only have Danielle Steele and not Joyce Carol Oates. I think that is well, a, that's a lovely. It's a nice gag because I would have the same reaction. Well, of course. Um, Bart's going to confess. Sorry. Bart's going to confess, uh, but Lisa stops him because, again, she is now terrified of, you know, getting in trouble for this, which is almost in character with Lisa. But I don't know. It's one of those gray areas, I feel like, where Lisa would confess, but she would also not want to get in trouble. So if this episode would be a good example of, you know, going back and forth for her. Sometimes she wants to confess. Sometimes she doesn't want to confess. But that's not what we do. We just have Lisa not wanting to confess so she doesn't get in trouble. You have to throw all this stuff out, Matt. Like there, this, this is like, this is, and I think this is another my another critique I have of this is that they don't go hard enough on the Columbo stuff. Like we get, we don't right. really get until Nelson starts embodying the character of, of Columbo. Um, that's the first like, oh okay, and I see what they're doing, and you get a Columbo outro at the very end of this episode, but there's not enough of it to be like there's not enough. Uh, uh, of the pastiche of the homage for me, I want more of it, honestly. Because in that, right, those have, the Columbo is you see the killers do it, and then you have to then you see Columbo puzzle out, and the, it's it's already weird because oh, well, Bart and Lisa are the killers, so we are supposed to empathize with them, and we're supposed to, but also they're not really acting like themselves, really, like they're kind of these weird they're they're basically playing characters in a Columbo episode they're not really playing themselves so you have to like kind of embody that pastiche but it's not that stuff is not as clear um largely because they don't dress this up it is still Lisa it is still Bart they are still kids they accidentally kill another kid kill another kid um quote unquote kill yeah quote unquote kill but it's just it's all it's all messy I think uh for me uh, that's fair. I, I completely understand. So, uh, don't worry. It's going to get much, much worse because now we go to Marge, who oh, no. is oh, no, suspicious of... Uh, I know, I know. Marge is suspicious of what the kid's behavior, but she is distracted by the whole stuff going on with her and Homer and his diet, which I is realistic, but is really dumb because I feel like a lot of parents are distracted by their own stuff when dealing with their children, and I wanted them to go more into that, how Marge should have been here for this, but she was distracted by some nonsense with Homer, but they don't. This is the only time where it matters. Uh, we get her uh, informing on Homer, uh, who leaves the house, uh, so she communicates to the TV show people that, oh, he's, he's gone, now's the time to track him. I guess the host, Zach, is the son of Billy Graham Jr. Is this a reference to something, Robbie? I think it's just a reference to Billy Graham. Okay, then. The famous, right, the famous ev- ev- evangelical... I think it's like it's so oblique joke about Billy Graham and I, I don't know. I, I, I don't Matt, I don't think you're missing anything. <laughs> like I Billy Graham was just okay, that's good he had he had children, but it's not like I don't I have no idea. Like maybe there was some dust up at the time about his kids and 
and that is why they wrote this in this episode. But it's a it is completely opaque now. Like I have no idea what's what this is referencing, if anything. Uh, so they're back at uh, the school for memorial service for Martin. Uh, all the nerds have a little presentation of his life, and it's basically a mini clip show. Of all the times Martin has appeared on The Simpsons, apparently he doesn't exist unless he's on the show. Uh, uh, Nelson, however, is suspicious of all of this, and this is where we first get the Nelson as Columbo pastiche, and it starts to get, you know, mildly interesting. Usually, when I do something bad, I feel good, but not this time. Martin was like Jesus. Only real. Mark, right, keep it together. People are looking. I'm filled with room. You know, something bugs me. Martin was afraid of heights. What's he doing on a cliff? It don't add up. Hey, look who's trying to add. You wuss. Throughout all of that, Nelson is just sitting there pondering while getting beaten up. Which, all I, right. I, 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 I like that. Yeah, I, I I appreciate that. The... I didn't hate it, honestly. I was a little like, eh, okay. I this is imp- like I I feel like this episode is genuinely imp- I like they should recut this episode and cut out every ounce of Vibby plot of the Homer okay. diet stuff. Just cut out every little piece of it and just let if I could just watch the A plot alone, it, the episode would be nine minutes long or whatever. But at least <laughs> it wouldn't be sullied by this cheating stuff because i i feel like it is impossible like last week i had to go like okay the debarbed stuff was the fun that is fun and it's good but the b plot is bad um that b plot is incredible compared to this b plot like it's really remarkable how i thought that one wasn't good this one Uh is so much worse and i'm trying to like enjoy the a plot is really hard when it feels like i am just waiting for a next sucker punch from that b plot and it it's i'm trying to like separate the two in my mind because i really do think i don't think the a plot is perfect by any means but i do think it is relatively enjoyable the b plot sinks it and it but it's impossible to extricate them they're they're in the same episode yes unfortunately unfortunately yeah, uh, so now we get way more of the B-plot than we ever really wanted. Uh, the TV it's crew, not. This is not uh, the worst, Matt. Come on, it gets way worse than this. This is not that bad. I mean, it does. What, whatever, whatever, whatever. Let's just get through it as fast uh, as we can and get back to this somewhat interesting <laughs> A-plot. So the TV show follows Homer to a Thai buffet, and it's it's obvious that Homer is cheating on his diet now. I don't know why we even care at this point. Uh, the cameraman complains about not doing anything that matters. Uh, Homer somehow melts down a bunch of food into a liquid and then just drinks it all which okay whatever let's just be looney tunes about it the man again this is not even the worst this is i know i know but it's so stupid it makes me mad anyway going back to the important stuff uh because there's a lot of ping-ponging back and forth for some reason they they go a plot b plot a plot b plot and i guess they just i don't know it makes it makes the show more, it seem more faster paced, Matt. That is that is the uh, the idea. I'm pretty sure is like, oh well, if we keep jumping back and forth, it makes the show seem faster. Like because you're constantly, you know. And to be fair, most of these scenes are relatively isolated. You can jump back and forth. There's no reason. If the B plot wasn't bad, it you wouldn't care. You you if, if the B plot was B plot was funny and good. We'd go, oh, wow, the pace of this is great. I love the fact that they're zipping back and forth and they're keeping things fresh. But because the B plot's so terrible, all you do is you start to settle in on the A plot, which is, like, enjoyable. And then 
Oh, we're back with Homer eating, drinking a plate of Thai food. It's okay, Rob. It's okay. <laughs> so, uh, moving on, uh, Nelson is doing his Columbo shtick, uh, and he finds the bone with the string tied onto it that Bart used to distract Martin and get him near the cliff. Nelson is very suspicious of this, but again, we have to ping pong back to the B plot where Homer has a briefcase filled with chips and salsa that he is just throwing. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I he, just, he, here, so here, man, here, this is, this is what I'm going to, I'm going to, I've done this before. I'll do it again. Duffless. Okay. Duffless is about Homer and Homer's drinking. And in Homer's, and in that episode, in Duffless, Marge is the person that goes, Homer, I'm worried about you. I'm worried about your drinking. I'd like you to stop. And, you know, there's that scene where Homer asks, where Marge is like checking off the boxes. She's like, if you have a drinking problem, he's like, do you hide beers around the house? And you see Homer retrieve a beer from, I think, the toilet tank or something. And like, you know, he drinks it. Boy, do I ever. Do I, do I ever. Uh, You see him looking into the mirror and he like uses it to, do you ever use alcohol as an escape mechanism or something like that? And he ha- he looks into the mirror and sees himself as a muscle man, and like there's that idea of like oh yeah he hides you know, Homer hides beer on the house the and it's uh, becoming a problem and I think this is the same thing of like oh he is hiding food in places to get around Marge's edicts about diets in Duffless Homer stops drinking because he cares about Marge and Marge wants him to stop and in this he is deliberately hiding and sneaking food because he doesn't like Marge. Like, I don't like, that's the thing. Like, what, what is the point of all of this? You know, why is he yeah, sneaking this food? Sense. Why is it? And like, it's just like, it's under the pretense of this weird television show, uh, which uh, I have done some very, very uh, primitive research. And it appears that that show is probably all fake. And that even the stabbing was fake, which I didn't know about that. I thought that stabbing was real, but eh, it's just all, it's all, uh, I should guess it's a reality show. It's of course it's fake. Um, but this is, I think this bit where he has like a briefcase full of chips and salsa. And then he, you see him just like shovel it into his mouth. He's not eating like a normal person. You know, he's eating, he's binging, you know, where it's just like, I just want food. You know, I just want to eat this garbage and put it in my mouth. I'm not thinking about what I'm eating. I'm not enjoying the food. I am just doing out of impulse and and pure like id, pure pure instinct, pure desire. And uh, it's it's obviously unhealthy. You shouldn't want. You shouldn't eat food like that. You should eat food because it tastes good because it nourishes your body. Uh, you shouldn't just shovel it in and not taste it until you're full. But there is no nuance here. There is no time to stop and think about why Homer is doing this. It is all under the guise of him hiding things from this television show and from March and and from the kids, uh, because that's what happens in the scene. But there's no time. They're like this plot, this A plot or B, this B plot, which is like they played up this very goofy and wacky and silly is. I don't know. I don't want to use the word problematic because it's not really. But. It feels definitely more serious than how they're portraying it, which makes it feel even grosser when we're watching it. Because it's like, okay, so they're alluding to Homer cheating on his diet, like it's cheating on his on his, you know, on his relationship, on his marriage with Marge, and that's supposed to be like a silly thing. 
but also it's gross because it's like him having to hide food around the house because she won't let him eat food and like that's an unhealthy relationship and unhealthy eating habit like it's all kind of bad it's all toxic and you're like i don't this isn't funny why are we and it's very stupid like why would you put nachos in a briefcase or or, or chips in a briefcase they're gonna get all broken up in there robbie you act like that would matter to homer at all I I think Homer would rather have a big... Everyone likes to have a bigger chip versus a little tiny nothing. That's true, but he's not even dipping them. He's just getting a handful of them and sticking the hand in salsa and then shoving it in his mouth. I don't think it really matters to him. Maybe we could have a scene where he... Marge and Homer have a talk about... Binging. Hey, yeah, like, Homer, why are you eating this food? And he's like... And he could go, I don't know. I just... I want it. And you're like, well, why do you want it? And like, you know, I actually have a discussion about unhealthy eating habits and, and stuff but no we have to it's oh robbie sure you is, sweet summer child it sure is funny that when he closes the briefcase salsa leaks out isn't it yep <laughs> so funny uh-huh. see the worst the worst part here is that um uh immediately after starting this he's got one handful into his mouth the kids come in mm-hmm they're acting suspicious. Lisa's starting to freak out a little. Homer is acting super suspicious because of his binge eating or whatever. Uh, and they're both just acting absolutely shifty as all get out. Uh, Marge is suspicious of this, of course, but she is more concerned with the Homer thing for some reason. I mean, um, to be fair, Matt, I there is literally no reason for her to suspect her children have killed Martin. They don't know. They She doesn't know that they no, met him out there. when your children act weird, you pay more attention to them. And because your children are probably more important uh, in terms of acting weird. Um, okay, first I of all. I could be wrong, but that's how I would see it if I had kids. I somehow doubt that, Matt. Uh, but I don't, I'm not going to presuppose any. Like, this is not connected to reality. You can't look at this through a lens of, like, what would they actually do? Like... Marge, why would why would Marge the Marge would not think Lisa and Bart are killers? Like, and obviously, and she's currently hired a television show to 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 stalk her husband. Okay, that is why she's more suspicious about Homer. All right, so <laughs> I know, I know. Gar- this is, this. You want to you want to talk about like why is it none of this matters? Like this scene, Matt. This scene, this stuff right here. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. So you ready? I guess, I guess. Sorry, it's just taking me a second. Um, so Marge is suspicious. Uh, we get more footage of Homer acting stupid about food and cheating on his diet. There's even a point where the TV guys say, oh, no, no, I'm no, 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 man. no, 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 no. We're not, we're not glossing over this. No, no, no. We're not doing this. Okay. I don't even remember. I have flushed it in my brain. So if you want to talk about it, you better talk about it. Matt, this is the hotel room scene. No. Why this is the hotel room scene. You cannot, we have to talk about it. We can't just go, oh, it happens. Okay. Okay. So Homer sneaks into a hotel room with a thing in a trench coat and hat and you know it's obviously like it has a wig it has a blonde wig it's supposed to be like a lady wig yes but when he gets in the hotel room he takes all that off and it's revealed to be a uh either a dinner rack or a shawarma rack of just roasted lamb and he begins eating it and making out with it and then falls on the bed with it and then that is the point at which the TV guys say, I've never said this before in my career, but turn off the camera. No, they, no, they turn it off when they're in the shower together. Man. Oh, sorry. In the shower together. My bad. My bad. How dare you? <sighs> this I'm is... sorry. I want to get back to the good part. No, 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 no. It's, This is important to the, the whole of the episode, Matt. Okay? You can't not talk about it. I know, I know. Because it... <laughs> 
is so bad. <laughs> it is, it like the idea of this, you know, is we're watching a cheaters type show. You know, we're getting grainy surveillance footage of this hotel room. It's in black and white. We see, we see Homer. You know, and we're it, we're watching, and this footage is presented as if it is from the show. This is not the Simpsons portrayal of Homer. This is the the sneakers fake sneakers show portrayal of Homer. We're following him around, and we see him with this lamb rack, uh, lamb roast on a on a spit in a trench coat get up and pulls that into the hotel room and is eating it and is then naked with it and then in, in a and then the shower with it while he's eat, sort of eating it sort of licking it and kissing it. and like it's obviously supposed to be like oh this is like this is just like oh isn't it funny they're having sex with lamb and like no one no and am i supposed to think this is real that's what I can't figure out because this is obviously awful at best. But but it's just it, is there any sense of rea- is like are I like I don't think there is. Obviously, like Homer is there there no, no I don't buy ever anyone not not anyone on earth, zero people out of 8 billion would would have this situation happened where they would sneak food in and like, Oh, eat a lamb roast in a hotel room naked and try and like dress it up. Like it doesn't, it's not realistic, obviously. And they don't expect us to treat it realistically, I guess. But what is it doing? Why is is this supposed to be just like, Oh, look how wacky this is. And isn't this fun? Right. I guess, but it's so cartoony that I just, and we haven't even gotten to the worst part yet. It hurts me so much. What do you mean the worst part? What are you talking about, man? Oh, we'll get to the worst part. Oh, okay. <sighs> so we go back to the A plot, uh, the interesting part. Uh, we have Lisa at the Wiki Mart acting extremely suspicious. Uh, we have Lou complimenting her on her sunglasses and her freaking out about that. Um, Bart shows up and she says, well, we can't be seen together. And Bart responds correctly. We're brother and sister. Why would we not be seen together? And then Lisa forces him to give her an Indian burn because... Uh, they have to be seen in their unusual antagonistic nature immediately after this nelson stops by uh to just you know let them know how things are going which i have to assume is a traditional colombo move afternoon (laughs) doing a little shopping huh shopping at the quickie mart i like how quick is spelled with a k it's a quicker way of spelling quick well you're busy people i'll let you get on with your day oh there is one other thing. I was up in Springfield National Park, you know, where Martin bit the big one. Found this bone tied to a string. Almost like someone was playing a prank on him. You like pranks, don't you, Dingus? I like pranks. Everyone likes pranks. E- even Dr. Hibbert. I hate pranks. Well, I better get going. The missus is cooking meatloaf tonight. My mom, Mrs. Muntz. We go to the morgue and come back with a hand. Put its fingerprints all over the railing. Why are you being so quiet, Bart? Are you judging me? Please don't judge me. (gasps) I can't live with the guilt. I'm going to Martin's house to end it all. (gasps) 
So, yes, at this point, uh, we get the thought that Bart is going to do something absolutely tragic. Uh, and that's where we end the act, actually. Um, that's not. Oh, no, sorry. We that's, end, that's, that's not, not where we end the act. That's not where we end the act. Sweeping no. terrible things again. So, yes, uh, Nelson is obviously on to them. I don't know how he has any idea that Bart and Lisa were involved. I guess somehow he found out that they were there. I guess. The, uh, but he. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I, was just saying, I, I guess somehow he was informed of that. Maybe you know how. No, I don't. I. I. One that that clip you just played, yeah, that that's a lot of Columboisms are in there. You know, it's just one more thing, and and Columbo's always plays himself. He makes him feel like you know he's just like, oh, I don't know anything. I'm a big idiot. I'm just a you know, and, he, and but then he always he notices things. He notices little tiny catches that always you know. There's always something that catches these, and I think the the thing about Columbo and why Columbo works as a show is like you really want the bad guys to get caught they're usually reprehensible. They're usually very clearly bad people doing bad things and not good people. They're not doing, they're not killing for good reasons. Most of the time they're killing because they're selfish because they want money because they hated this person, et cetera, et cetera. And Columbo catches them and you're like, yes, justice. Um, and it's not because it's, it's never like, Oh, Columbo is this very unassuming guy. And, uh, and always uses, his wits and is very unassuming and that clip Nelson does a good job. I, and I'll applaud them for really cap like managing to, I guess, mesh those two characters because he just, he calls them dingus still like there's still that yeah. kind of, there's still kind of like you, there's some, there's Nelson in there, but there's also Columbo in there. I really, I can appreciate that. They just don't do enough with this plot to make me fully buy about why does Nelson slash Columbo know this? Like, how does he catch them? And it's just like, well, they're kind of doing shortcuts. They're not actually, they don't, they don't do the work to actually create a good mystery. They just kind of use the stuff as a pastiche no. to get 75% of the way there. Um, and it's fine. I think it's fine. Unfortunately, we have the scene that actually ends this act. Why do you hate me so much, Robbie? It's your job. So, this is Act Two. This is you. I don't, what do you want me I to know, do? Do I your know. job. So, so Lisa, Lisa reads the note from Bart, runs off in a terror. Uh, we then pan over to Homer, who is calling someone on the phone, begging that they pick up. They do not. But then we see who he is calling, and it is the shawarma rack from earlier in, I guess, its room. And he leaves a message saying they can't be together, but he wants the the food so badly and it just it it made me feel dirty to watch this honestly and i resent talking about it thank you Bobby. but that's how we end the episode or in the uh, the <laughs> no we're not done yet man that's how we end the uh the this act it, yeah and it is it, just it is it is a, a nail in the coffin it is just <laughs> like it is it is just so cartoonish and so unrealistic that you're obviously they're not trying to be they're not trying to be realistic of this they're just like oh yeah but when you show that is a family guy gag you know that is a, that is a, yeah. this is a literally a family guy gag but family guy can make it work sometimes because it is not hewing to reality um the simpsons largely do and especially in an episode i think that's the even the, uh, the other really hard thing about it is the 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 murder mystery its tone is very serious. It is about really like we literally, literally 
we just left off a scene where Lisa thinks Bart is going to go kill himself. Uh-huh. You can't get more serious than that. And then we cut to the next thing <sighs> is Homer calling a, a, sh- a, a, a lamb roast. And we cut to, I want to be very clear about this. We cut to a bedroom. There is a bed. It is it is made. It is like pink ruffles. There is, I don't know if you caught this when you were watching, man. Uh, they put a lot of, there is a framed portrait of Homer. Of Homer. Yes, I did see that. Sadly, there's a frame portrait of Homer on the nightstand, and th- that is I'm unfortunately that, well aware that is just saying that the swarm, the swarma, this or euro or or donair or whatever it is, is it has a bedroom somewhere, it has a house effectively or apartment, and it has a frame portrait of Homer. Homer gave it. A picture of himself where he got a picture of him and framed it so in this plot we're supposed to buy into the fact that this big piece of roast meat is sentient and is in an illicit relationship with homer and what am i supposed to do with that simpsons what am i supposed to do that's a fantastic question, Robbie. I have no clue. <sighs> it's, it's really it's it's really upsetting. I really don't like it. Um, so we go we come back from commercial at fifteen minutes and forty seven seconds. The B plot is not over yet, unfortunately, Matt. I have bad news about that. Um, oh, but Robbie, you promised. I, I so Lisa uh, goes to Martin's house to his backyard where we find Bart, and there's a silhouette there of uh, Bart. Uh, looks like Bart's about to hang himself with a noose, but instead, no, it, Bart doesn't have a noose. Bart is hanging a light because there is a shot earlier of, of Bart going through Martin's things and he finds Martin's journal. And in Martin's journal, he de- details him growing butterflies. And this is the butterfly enclosure. And Bart is taking care of Martin's butterflies. And I, this is a nice touch. I like this. I like I like the setting. I like the butterflies. I it's like there's a lot of like neat lighting going on. I this is all nice. Um I don't necessarily agree with how they get here and all the details, but the scene itself is set well. Um this is uh the next clip. This is Martin's Butterflies part 1. I have called it. Bart, no, don't do whatever the heck you're doing. I'm tending to Martin's butterfly enclosure. His butterflies are emerging from the chrysalises tonight. You said you wanted to end it all. By which I meant bring Martin's butterfly project to completion. I can't take it anymore. The stress is killing me. I'm on a freight train to crazy town. Calm down. You calm down. (gasps) What was that? The butterflies are hatching. Aren't they beautiful? Greetings, my friends. This beguiling lute solo will ease your metamorphoses. Oh, it's a tape. Martin must have set it to go off when the chrysalis is hatched. Now, if I may mimic your mother's feeding call. Claw de claw. Click it claw. Claw de claw. Thank you. I thought I turned that tape off. Maybe you just put it on auto reverse. 
Congratulations on purchasing the Sanyo DL30, the finest non-reversing tape player. <gasps> finest non-reversing tape player, Robbie. We've had a break in the case. I... I don't, I don't know. I don't, that doesn't really do anything for me. The whole <laughs> tape thing. Um, I, know, I, know. I like. I, I don't mind the fact that Martin's voice rings out here, but it's it in the from the from the tape player. Um, but it is more the the tape bit at the end. It, it kind of dispels the tension a little bit. And like I would this point, I don't want you to. I want you to ramp it up. Come on, you're getting there. Um. So, Homer, Marge, and we finally are going to end the B plot. Matt, I have good news for you there. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Homer goes to uh, a restaurant. He's going to get eat food, uh, dessert, pudding. It's a pudding place, I believe. Uh, I forget. It's like the name of the place is called Pudding on the Ritz. That's the. the I knew there was a of clever. There's a clever name. <laughs> uh, it's a pudding restaurant, I guess. But Marge, Marge and the Cheaters crew, the Sneakers crew, excuse me, catch Homer there, and. I did not pull the clip for this because it is infuriating um, because the cheat, the, the, the sneakers host tries to set this up as he would his TV show where he's either filming this dramatic confrontation of Marge confronting Homer and Homer goes, Oh, I'm so, I just didn't want to disappoint you Marge. So I've been eating. That's why I eat, you know, why I go out and eat when I'm not supposed to blah, 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 blah. It, it is, Really trying to do a lot of work here with Homer and his like a saccharine ending here where he's trying to be like a heartfelt plea when there is literally no build for it. We we are never given any reason to empathize with Homer or Marge in this situation. Both of them are unlikable. This whole B plot. There's no reason why like why we never confront why Homer's doing this until just this very second. We don't get we only get any reasons. Um and in response, Marge gets angry at the crew of the the show she gets angry at the host and she called them yes that's what makes me the maddest is that she's mad at them but she's the one who did all this like it's you, all her fault marge you did this marge you did it you called them you it's you you could have called them off at any moment you're angry at them for doing what you told them to what did you think they were going to do it's a show about catching cheaters like what like what's and like and then she's like you're you're bloodsuckers she yells at them and uh they we get a little sweet moment with homer and marge and why what is all this what is this nonsense i don't like i don't like marge i don't like homer i don't like it's it's terrible stupidest thing in this episode it's terrible um so we we finally we cut back to the a plot uh and we get the the conclusion to the a plot I almost flicked an innocent butterfly. Bart, we're turning into monsters. Cool. No, not cool. We have to do the right thing and come clean. Listen, world, we killed Martin Prince. That's all I needed to hear. You almost got away with it, but here's where you got sloppy. Shouting out that you did it. Oh, man, I'm too pretty to go to jail. You don't know how lucky you are. Huh. I'm just glad it was you who brought us in, Nelson. Remember when we used to date? If you let me go, we can get back together. I never let you cherry bomb my Malibu Stacy. I'll let you do it now. Save it for the warden. Please, keep it down around the newborns. Ah! To quote Mark Twain, rumors of my death have been greatly exaggerated. Yeah, rumors of your wussiness are 100% true. 
Now tell us how you survived the fall. For years, I've worn underwear with a wedgie accommodating waistband. On that fateful day, these mighty whiteys saved my life. Malheureusement, I landed right next to a cougar's lair. He saw me as easy prey. I feared death was a certainty until I was saved by simple physics. Murky Lake. I spent an hour fashioning an escape raft and three days crafting this modesty skirt. <laughs> well, it's good to have you alive, Dorkburger. And as for you two, I hope you learned your lesson. I learned that beneath my goody two shoes lie some very dark socks. And I learned that killing a nerd is not as fun as it sounds. There is just one more thing. You folks have a good night now. Martin, Martin uh, Nelson looks at the camera at that point, and that's addressed directly to us. Um, it is, and then we get the, the, I guess, the ending sequence to Columbo. Yeah, extended Columbo outro, credit sequence, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I kind of wish the show did more of that throughout, honestly. Like, I just, I want more of it. I want thicker, like, you know, remember, like, there's in current the current season 33, Serious Flanders, uh, two-parter. They're, they do send up of uh, prestige television and the shows like how they do the camera work and how the, the show's written and stuff like that is very clearly that pastiche. It's very clearly like aping that stuff. And I feel like aside from Nelson's mannerisms here and there in this episode, they really don't do much with the Columbus stuff until this very end. And I wish the show, I, I wish they kind of, I don't know, more of a weekend and nod with how the characters sound, a little more weekend and nod how they dress even, like you could do designs from the 70s, maybe, I don't know. But it, and I, like, I honestly wish that it was just an episode of Columbo uh, with Bart and Lisa in that role instead of this, I, and like, here, this, this stuff at the end with Martin coming back, obviously he's not dead, but he doesn't, the fact that he lived by his stretchy underwear that's some cartooniness we didn't really need to have. No, I I don't like it. Um, but here I'll say this: the Columbo slash murder mystery plot, whatever you want to call it, is way better um, than the B plot, which is literally about Homer having sex with a piece of meat, a lamb roast. Uh... There's literally like that literally happens, and it's just like, what am I? Am I supposed to just overlook that? Am I supposed to just ignore it? And and it's just like I can't, I can't. Um, I enjoyed. I, I don't think we should, Robbie. We should, we should, uh, just hate on it as hard as we possibly can for as long as we possibly can, and that I'm, way people will know how yeah, awful it is. It's not healthy, honestly, Matt. I don't think that's a healthy uh, <laughs> mental uh, pattern to get into. Um, yeah, the a plot is. I think the a plot is okay. That's my my. Oh, it's that's okay. And then the b plot is misery. Um, and we'll rank it at the end of the show. Robbie, is this episode broken? I don't know, Matt. It's hard to tell, right? Because I just it it's weird. Let's put it that way. It's because the B plot is so bad. The A plot is okay. It's serviceable. It's a great Columbo pastiche. Oh, well, it's a good Columbo pastiche, and I wanted more of it, but I don't know what to do. Okay, but here is this is my final this is my final thought on this is you're driving a car. 
Okay. okay. Driving a car. Uh, the left side of the car handles fine. Two wheels straight, aligned, full full air. Nothing. No problems with the, that. Right side of the car. It might be a better analog, uh, analogy if I did front and back, but whatever. Um, right side of the car. Uh, tires are aligned. Uh, tires are flat. What do you call that car? Does that car drive anywhere? No, that car is incredibly non-functional. That car is broken, so yes, this episode is broken. No, you were right the first time with that quick fix idea. Let's see. Quick fix. Quick fix. Ah. I, I I think that's... It, it's I, I, I do that because... I do think this episode is broken because it, it was an incredible detriment to the episode. Where when I'm watching the A-plot, I go, oh, this is fun. Like, it's, is it perfect? No. But at this point, I don't need, I don't, I, would I love perfect? Yes, of course. But I don't, I'm not expecting it. I think the episode is serviceable. It, it's entertaining. I think ultimately that's the, the bar you want to clear at, at most. It's just, oh, is this entertaining? Yes. I laughed a couple times at the A-plot. The B-plot, it was a detriment to the episode where I literally was like rolling my eyes and sighing every time we got to back to the B-plot. I'm like, can I go back to the good part of the episode? And when it's that bad, when I'm like literally like dreading ret- the return to the B-plot, I go, yeah, it's broken. I can't. I'm sorry. I think it crosses that threshold. But I think ple- very pleasantly, the fix is super easy. It's, it's the simplest thing in the world. Just don't have a B plot. Get rid of the B plot. Of, of the B plot. <laughs> like, don't have it. I think you. I think there is some room in this episode for a B plot. Definitely not this B plot. Uh, but definitely expand the A plot. The A plot's interesting and fun. No, this is here, Matt. This is my. This is my proposal. It would be, yeah, make this a Columbo episode effectively. But you want to do an A plot and the B plot, and you want to center it so that you want to make Bart and Lisa the killers. And Nelson, your Columbo. Okay. Well, in most Columbo episodes, your killers are unrepentant monsters, and you're quite happy to see Columbo catch them. You can't really do that in a Simpsons episode with Bart and Lisa because they are our protagonists, and we want to root for them, and we, we love them because we've followed them for so long. So you have to kind of split the difference a little bit here. And you, you, they chose to kind of hew it closer to like them trying to deal with the guilt, and they're going crazy, like we, uh, like a Macbeth kind of situation. Um, okay, that's that's fine. I don't mind that, honestly. Uh, we've seen both of them deal with guilt before, but you can do it again together. I think that's an interesting dichotomy uh, with the way that Bart and Lisa have to deal with the guilt and how they both react to it. That's fine. I think your a plot, quote unquote, a plot is them. <laughs> Is Bart and Lisa, and me, and obviously them dealing with with Nelson. Nelson asking the questions, spoken around. The B plot is just Nelson. Your B plot is just Nelson as Columbo, just like well, yeah, because and you spend a lot of time with him tracking these things down. But I like you want some humor and stuff. Obviously, Bart and Lisa being guilt, feeling guilty about killing a child, not super funny. Um. But you can having Nelson by himself just doing Columbo bits. That could be a lot of fun, and you could have the connection there, and you could still have the tone uh, remain relatively consistent. But you can indulge a little bit more in what I would want from this, which is more Columboisms. Like go harder at that stuff, and you don't need Homer or Marge at all in this episode. They don't need to be there. They don't need you don't need any of this. If if you want to do an episode about Homer 
going on a diet and cheating on his diet and Marv's being upset about it. Okay, you can do that. Uh, I would make it an A plot and not make it so wacky and have like make it like Duffless, you know, except it's about food. I don't think that's that's not a crazy idea. Um, But they go so crazy, so cartoonish, so stupid. Like Homer literally having sex with a piece of lamb. And you're like, what is this? It's gross. It's stupid. What am I watching? That's how you fix it. It's not complicated. Um, (sighs) Why do they do it to us, man? That's a good question, my friend. I think they just got lazy. They had one good idea and were like, yeah, that's cool. We'll go with that. Um, We can move on to our next segment. It's time for comments to the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments to the news group is where I ask our patrons over there on patreon.com slash the Simpson show. Their thoughts about episode. Uh, they leave a little, they leave a review and I read them on the air. Appreciate everyone who takes the time, leaves the reviews. Uh, first from Casey. I was born and raised on Columbo, so the premise of this episode alone delights me to no end. I really like when Nelson breaks free of the older bullies. He's such a great character. He can clearly be expanded and utilized wherever the writers see fit. The only thing I'll say about the B-plot is I love Homer biting into a pel- bell pepper going wrong again. Outside of that, I loathe this B-plot. Shame on the writers for making Julie Kavner say snack off. Yeah. Oh, for real. That's one of the ones that. That's real bad. Of course, there are some problems with the A plot. Like how Martin would most likely not have survived both one, falling down a mountainside, and two, being thwung over a half mile away. Thwung is absolutely a verb. I also think it would have been nicer to see Martin working on the Butterfly Project instead of the Pet Paleontology Project. Favorite side gag of the episode uh, Tell the Kindergarten he, he's on a long vacation. Favorite line was Nelson saying, The missus is cooking meatloaf tonight. Uh, my mom misses months that's what he says uh i like how both Bart and lisa keep passing stress back and forth stress stick back and forth getting a little of lisa gets an a from this episode love seeing lisa's nightmare being in prison with nothing but danielle still danielle steel to read speaking of favorite ends with this week's question this this is hands down is the best ending credits to eddie simpson's episode i know we're at like four homages parodies in a row but bravo to the writers for the applaud of this one uh from tim Two good episodes in a row. Is that allowed? This episode had not been seen by me before, and while I never bought that Martin had died, I found myself very curious as to how he survived. I like that Nelson has given a somewhat complimentary role as real-life bullies I've known haven't been complete morons. In the B-plot featuring Idiot Homer was a slight improvement over last week, particularly the Bell Pepper component. But yes, we really didn't need it. I'll suggest this actually beat The Departed product and, and project number 178. I have some bad news for you, Tim. There's no way this... You're you're too. We're we're not nearly as kind about that people. Um, from Derek, it's weird that I can't get into episodes like twenty four minutes. And last week's The Departed, they're well liked, but I enjoyed an episode like this one more. Granted, I've only seen it the one time, and I'm not even saying it's good or I like it much, but it doesn't nail away at my sanity like some. So that's something, isn't it? One thing I hate though is the attitude towards Martin's death. It completely undermines the storyline. You need some degree of realism. Balance the humor, like Skinner's disappearance in Bartha Murder, but the stupid crassness of that school assembly just kills any potential investment in the plot. Not the worst episode of the world, though. But though, but you aren't going to wa- rush back to watch it. It's the thing about it, though, isn't it? The Golden Era is endlessly rewatchable. I just meant, mentioned Bartha Murder there, and now I have a real craving to stick on it, stick it on. But even when a post-classic episode is possible, the rewatch value is zilch unless you want to listen to a podcast about it. <laughs> I do appreciate. Everyone who's watching these episodes with us, so do that's very kind of you. Uh, from Lauren, the episode was okay. Homer's plot was stupid, and I didn't like how it ended. Marge slaps the guy she hired to follow Homer for what reason? 
then she's okay with Homer lying and sneaking around her instead of having a civilized discussion about his diet. Remember the end to Duffless? Hey, Lauren. We, we think alike. Where he decides to give up Rear, and at the end he chooses to buy cry with Marge over a drink. That was amazing, sweet, and heartfelt, and this was not. The Barton Lisa plot by, by far saved this episode. Really enjoyed Nelson investigating what happened to Martin. I also like that Lisa and Barton developed different sides of the character, in which Lisa had a darker side and Barton a more tender side. There's also characterization and consequences as Barton and Lisa started unraveling as what they did weighed on them. Overall, overall, this episode was okay. I smiled a few times and laughed once. I enjoyed Bart and Lisa making fun of each other, as I used to do the same with my brother. The shock value today is a one because of the disturbing and unnecessary Homer and Lamb scene. Who, Lord? Mm-hmm. I'm getting, I'm going, I'm dialing it up way higher than a one. How dare they do that to me? Uh, from JJ. I want to like this episode for being well paced. It's decent jokes and for mostly making sense. But I struggled on board with the direction they took Lisa's character. Lisa's always valued honest about how always valued honesty, and I don't buy her covering up something as serious, let alone being the one making Bart keep quiet. There were certain moments in the episode where she came across as cold and monstrous, it was kind of jarring. Worse, it reminded me of other terrible things writers have made her do recently, like sending a girl into the woods to die, forcing Bart to live in the yard, ruining his drumming career, and pretending to be Native American. Next to Homer, Lisa suffered the most with the decline of the show, and it's tragic. Maybe some people prefer this darker, more flawed version of her, but it just wasn't for me. The Homer B plot was surprisingly okay, barring the lamb scene. The, the, the lamb scene. <laughs> just that ominous. Uh, from Benjamin, the B plot just got worse and worse. I think it would have been more interesting to have Homer not cheating on his diet. The Martin story wasn't bad. I'm not sure why they chose Nelson as the detective, unless Martin truly is his bosom chum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about their relationship. That's actually and, a good point. Yeah. Uh, overall, I give it a solid meh. That's a good grade for this season. Yeah, I agree. From Alyssa. Okay, Honestly, yeah. Alyssa. Okay, I love this episode. Generally made me feel guilty when Martin fell. I remember watching this episode over and over. I'm a big Martin fan, so I gotta love an episode that resolves around our man. Okay, now is it realistic? Uh, man, of course it's not. Better better than it could have been, though. Let's be honest. I don't think I had a crush on any of these characters, so, though, so that's another plus. Have a good week, everybody. <laughs> no crush on Columbo Nelson? It's pretty good. I like Columbo yeah. Nelson quite a bit. Uh, for, and finally, from I, Gabe. Go ahead, Matt. I, just, I like mysteries in general. Uh, they're one of my favorite uh, genres, and I feel like The Simpsons could do more of that. And honestly, Nelson as Columbo is great. Uh, that's probably one of the things I like least about this episode is just how great it could have been. Yeah. Uh, finally, from Gabe. The episode is outright weird. It does not feel like a regular episode. Six out of ten, if I'm being generous. I think a six out of ten is gen- very generous, Gabe. That is very generous. Yeah. yeah. Um, thank you everyone for leaving reviews, for watching this episode, for toiling along with us. We appreciate you. Uh, you too. We're very sorry you had to watch this episode, at least for the B plot. Uh, there's been worse, man. Like I don't know. I was just going on a. There oh, have, but. Ugh. You want to think? Well, okay, here, man. Here, I'm just say I'm gonna say four words to you, okay? Bonfire of the manatees. Oh, don't remind me. I know. I know. I. Okay. Like, I can you just yeah. say this words? You're like, oh, immediately. That's way worse than this. Like, it's just a, so the degrees, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, you can uh, leave your review on our Patreon, patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. I'll say it again. Uh, pledge at any level, and you can uh, leave a review to be right on the air. Next up is our next segment. It's time for Listener Question of the Week. Let's try one more number. Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question week this week is what's your favorite ending to a movie? Lots of great answers. Matt, take it away. All right. First up from Casey. 
My favorite ending to a movie is the ending of my favorite movie of all time, Princess Bride, where Peter Falk, hey look, Columbo, tells his grandson he'll be back to read him The Princess Bride again tomorrow by saying, as you wish, such a heartwarming moment to show the different kinds of love we have throughout our lives. Uh, uh, from Lauren, there are so many, but today Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Rings gets the win. The breaking of the fellowship is masterfully done and is truly an amazing end to a fantastic movie. Oh, you're very right about that, Lauren. Uh, from Alex, Back to the Future 3. It ends the GOAT movie perfectly. It teaches us the future isn't written and to make the best of it. And the time-traveling train. Way better than a DeLorean. I'm, real. I'm gonna... Okay, wait a minute. Uh, Back to the Future 3. I'm not as big of a critic as a lot of people are. But... Alex, you call it the GOAT movie? The GOAT movie. I think he movie. means the, the, the GOAT series. Okay. I mean, I Back to the Future 1 and 3 are it's a pretty good uh, series. Maybe uh, best? Mm, better? Mm. I guess it's in the... If I have to think about it, it makes it's re- it means it's reasonable. But you call it... If you, Alex, I need clarification. Are you calling Back to the Future 3 the best movie or the end of the best series? Because I can agree with one and not necessarily the other. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, from Tim, Charlton Heston has two damn you all to hell and Soylent Green as people. That's true. Charlton Heston really know how to end a movie, or at least people directing him did. Um, from Alyssa. Well, what, okay, okay. Let's be... Planet of the Apes, Soylent Green. Just be, just to clarify to people who may not know. Oh, what, what those movies are? Yes, thank you, Robbie. I'm sure we, somebody had questions. Uh, from Melissa, got a second Casey's vote for Princess Bride. My mom always had that movie on, and we would always quote "As you wish" to each other. Also, Matt, why you gotta hate my opinions, man? Friends is not better than Seinfeld. All in caps with, I believe, four exclamation points. Heartbroken. I also hate everyone on Seinfeld, but that made it good. It made me feel like a good person. See, <laughs> I just don't get that. Like, if, if, I don't want to watch bad people, man. And at least in Friends, there are a couple redeeming characters. Where in Seinfeld, Wait, you mean like everyone the monkey? is awful. Even the side characters. You mean like the monkey? I, the monkey was a uh, let's be real. Um, I was glad when he was gone. I, I honestly, before I started with my entire rewatch of Friends, I was like, oh, this monkey's going to be so annoying. Because I hate monkeys. I actually hate apes. But monkeys are, <laughs> monkeys get the side eye for me. But I was so glad when it was gone after one season. I don't I was, hate I was scared apes. It would stick around. I don't hate apes. I, all, all our ape I, listeners will will feel a little bit better now, Matt. I that. do hate apes. I don't well, hate monkeys. Monkeys just get the side eye. You do hate apes? Yes. Apes How dare are, you? They're gentle giants. A- no, they're not. Do you know what a chimpanzee is, Robbie? Uh, chimps don't count. Do you know what a gibbon is? Do you know what an orangutan is? They will destroy you as soon as look orang- at you. Orangutans are fine. Just leave them alone. Okay, that's fair. And they also try to help people. But sometimes they can get very violent. I mean, so did, but, the oh, like, ones I'm okay with. Uh, okay, okay. Well, what's, what about dolphins, all right? You know, why don't we give apes... Dolphins, the... we should also be keeping an eye on. Those little <laughs> watch, jerks. Watch them. Watch those, watch those dolphins. Keep an eye on them. Uh-huh. Rather have sharks around me than dolphins. Uh, I don't even have my holes plumbed by dolphins. <laughs> God almighty, uh, man. Dolphins are dangerous. Be careful around them. They are dangerous. There's a bottlenose kind. Uh, <laughs> Can't trust this bottlenose. What, the dolphins? Cancel dolphins. Cancel the dolphin problem. All right. Uh, from Gabe, The Shawshank Redemption. Oh, good one. Uh, from Derek, I love Calm After the Storm Ends. You know films like Jurassic Park where they're leaving on the helicopter all filthy and bloodied up, and you feel like they've been, you've been through the ordeal with the characters and you can breathe a sigh of relief along with them. They're satisfying conclusions. Not a fan of endings that try to be clever or are ambiguous for ambiguity, ambiguity's sake. P.S. Apologies for sparking a Seinfeld versus Friends war last week. They're both two of my favorite shows, and I think there's room for both. Just embrace the rampant narcissism. I 
hate narcissists so much. I just it's the one character trait. Like it's like psychopathy, sociopathy, which are basically the same thing, really. Uh, and narcissism are just the absolute worst things in the world. And I want to hit people who have all of them. Okay. I don't know why people put up with narcissists. All right. Uh, from at the Andrew blog, Matt, sorry, preempt your favorite movie here, but I'm going to go with Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind. I admire how, depending on your interpretation and, pers- and perspective, its final moments can be read as a movie and happy ending or a bitterly sad one or both at once. I mean, you're not wrong there, Andrew. It's just sad ending makes more sense. Uh, from at 4ATX, I can't tell you why without spoiling it, but one cut of the dead surprises you at every turn and leaves you dumbfounded that they pulled it off. Please watch this movie. I cannot recommend it more highly. Uh, from Matt Wayscast, I think I have to go with The Prestige. Oh, the whole movie is essentially a magic trick with one final turn to reveal Bale's character getting away with everything and going to live his life. Granted, it wouldn't have been as good without the spectacular pledge and turns along the way. I mean, you're not wrong. That, that's definitely where I did not see the ending coming. Uh, from Matt Hippie 200, the final scene of Pulp Fiction, it ties the plot together and Samuel L. Jackson Jules' final speech is absolutely iconic and there is no feat which is an added bonus for a Tarantino scene. Oh God! Thank, thank you, Jenny. You're you're not wrong about that. Oh boy. Uh, for Matt, yes, it's Aaron. Ruthless People, one of my favorite movies with a perfect ending, featuring featuring Danny DeVito's comeuppance. I have not seen that. I will have to check that one out. Uh, from at Hardware 04, last hour, Return of the King, last hour, ending after ending. That's after the. Ending. I mean, that, yeah, I, yeah. it's accurate. All right, okay, it's that is yeah? the ending oh, of I'm Return not of the King. It's not accurate. Uh, from at Brian J. Field, Usual Suspects, mm, iconic. Uh, from Matt Groshans, Kevin, some like it hot. Joey e. Brown and Jack Lemmon are perfect in that scene. I haven't seen that one. Have you, Robbie? Uh, I have a long time ago. Um, it's a, I, it's an old Hollywood comedy. You'd like it, I think. Um, Probably. I do enjoy old Hollywood comedies. They seem the, to be less wacky. It, it, I mean, it's about cross dress. It's funny. It's a. Uh, it's. I think I, anyone who hasn't seen it, it's 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 lighthearted fun. Okay, it's not like a serious movie. It's it is a it's a lighthearted comedy, so it's good. All right, sounds good. Uh, finally, from Ryan, the Usual Suspects is still my favorite movie ending. My favorite thing to do in college was to show people who haven't seen the unusual, haven't seen the Usual Suspects, the Usual Suspects. Close number two, The Green Mile. Quality choices. All right, Robbie, what is your uh, favorite ending? Um. I do love the prestigious ending uh, a lot, but yeah, same. It's very, very good. I love the prestigious, one of my favorite movies. But I am ultimately going to go with the ending to Seven. Oh uh, yeah, which is dark, but I actually, I don't know. There is a part of me that really appreciates how they take such a dark ending and still try and pull hope out of it because. The, the last lines of the film are Morgan Freeman uh, as Somerset uh, quoting Ernest Hemingway. Ernest Hemingway once wrote, the world is a fine place and worth fighting for. Somerset adds, I agree with the second part. And I I don't know, that film is really That's about... a good phrase. Wow. Yeah, I agree with the second part. And that is... I, I think that's it represents the movie so well, and I think that's really why I like the ending so much because it really captures the whole movie. The movie's like, oh, look at this terrible monster of a human, what he's done to these other people for arbitrary reasons. He's punished them and killed them in terrible ways, and then it ultimately punished one of our protagonists. And we, you still have to keep going, you know, you just because bad things happen and there's terrible monsters in the world doesn't mean you stop. Um, 
it's the world is a fine place and worth fighting for. I agree with the second part. And I think that's ultimately like, I don't know that it is all like seven. I've said this before to people. And I think sometimes people look at me like weirdly when I say this, but seven is like a pick me up movie to me, like a movie. It's like a cheer me. It's like a movie I watched when I'm sad because seven. What do you, what do you, you watch seven to cheer yourself up <laughs> i used to i don't do it anymore i was in a bad place in my okay. in my in my 20s man but i used to because it yes it is a depressing movie and it's really upsetting but at the end of the day summer said it's still like you got to keep going you know you still it's worth fighting for you got to keep fighting and then i don't know also it's just a really good movie you know, it's. I mean, like, it is a good movie. I'm not going to well written. That, but Fincher's great. All the very actors. Very dramatic. I, I, you know, there's. I think it's a movie that you can still appreciate that Kevin Spacey's in because Kevin Spacey's effectively just playing himself uh, as a psychopath. Psycho, psychopath yeah. murderer. <laughs> um, Matt, what's your answer? Um, so. I have my answer, which is uh, Empire Strikes Back. I really mm-hmm. enjoy the end of Empire Strikes Back. Um, just uh, the I don't want to say hopeless, but mostly hopeless with a little bit of hopefulness uh, mixed in there together with, you know, Han being trapped in carbonite and Luke having the new information that he has. And just uh, the, you know, the Rebel Alliance being on the run. It's a very good ending to a middle movie of a trilogy. Uh, but honorable mention does go to Cabin in the Woods, which ended completely differently than I thought it was going to. And I'm not going to spoil it here because if you guys haven't seen Cabin in the Woods, it is a truly amazing movie, one of the few horror movies I genuinely enjoy. And the end of that movie just blindsided me, and I loved it. I wanted to watch it again immediately. I feel like I could have like a three-hour discussion about Cabin in the Woods. Um, oh. But we're not going to do that. Um, Not today, anyway. Not today. Next week's question. What is, or who is, I guess who is the more apt question. Who? is your favorite fictional detective turns out there's a lot of them in in fiction mm, a lot of yeah, detectives in fiction um so i will ask this uh question post it on all our social media at twitter at simpson show pod uh you can email us at simpson show pod at gmail.com and it is on our patreon again patreon.com slash the simpson show um i post that question publicly on patreon so you do not have to follow us to answer it um next up we can move on to our next segment it's time for the google trivia challenge I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is for Matt and I. Each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one me and one hard. Try and stump the other. Uh, Matt is uh, walloping me this season. He's just... He's no, just, not walloping. Just destroy... You have a nine-point lead, Matt. All right. Nine. We're only on, what, the 19th episode of the uh, season? The 13th, yeah, there's only... 13th episode. We're barely halfway through. It's the fourteenth episode. If I want to be very clear, um, oh. Matt is Matt is just destroying me. Uh, I'm going to lose by a lot of points. It's going to be a brutal, terrible uh, embarrassment, and I should I will feel shame. The thirteenth episode, by the way. Dial in for nerder. Fourteenth episode of the nineteenth season of American animated television series The Simpsons. I'm literally looking at the Wikipedia, Matt. I don't I mean, know. So am I. I have no idea what you're looking at. I'm reading fourteenth. Fourteenth episode. I trust them. Um, you ready for an easy question? Ready. In a Black Widower, Selma marries who? Uh, that'd be Sideshow Bob. That's correct. Do I get an easy question, man? Oh, 
Yeah, sorry. I was figuring out where I missed an episode, and apparently I didn't have any clips for the, that 90s show, so that's where my <laughs> numbering broke down. You're right, it's the 14th episode. Uh, I just try to remember that 90s, or forget that the 90s show doesn't exist. What are you talking about? Mm, exactly. Uh, your easy question. In The Great Louse Detective, who tries to kill Homer? One of Robbie's favorite characters of all time. Why would you do this to me, Matt? <sighs> well, Robbie, I wanted a mystery episode, and Black Widow was too obvious. There's a lot. There's good juice in in Black Widow. Uh, Frank Grimes Jr. You are correct. I like to pretend that he doesn't exist. He never existed. All right, your medium question, Matt. Who are the nominees for best supporting performer in a children's program in the daytime Emmys? Um, there's five of them. Bob, there's five obviously. of them. I, uh, I I have no idea outside of Sideshow Bob. Not even any. You don't get any of them. I would have given you partial credit. I have no clue. I, I know. I know. But I uh, nothing is coming to me. Okay. Well, they winky. Maybe I don't know. Dinky winky. Uh. Well, you're not. Elmo. You're not. You're not too far off i guess with tiki wiki uh there's that style of name at least so the the nominees are droopy drawers colonel coward Pepe- um, pepito the biggest cat in the whole world yes oh how did i miss that one how could you forget about pepito and uh sideshow bob and finally suck up the vacuum suck up the vacuum that's right i'm currently filming a, a movie in mexico or something like that yeah all right your medium question who did Lisa suspect was the killer after they already found out she was wrong? Oh, man. You're testing my memory for an episode I refuse to admit exists. Um, <laughs> I remember ex- she's like, yeah, all the evidence points to. And then they're like, no, we already got it. Uh, um, I was like, yeah, we know. It's Frank Grimes Jr. Mm-hmm. There's a picture, isn't there? She has a picture of there the is, yep. Lenny. I'm sorry. It's Bumblebee Man. I mean, I could have just guessed. It was just guessing any side character, you know, I chance. Know, I know. Your hard question, Matt. What is Sideshow Bob's prisoner number? Sideshow Bob's? Oh. Yep. 24601. Matt, what is this? Tell me that's not right, because they already used that joke in the B-sharp, because that's Skinner's uh, prisoner number. It's also Jean Valjean's. <laughs> is that really it? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> They're such nerds and lazy nerds at that. I love it. <sighs> I had forgotten they had used the bit in the Skinner. So that's great. Um, yeah, Matt, that's right. I hate All you. All right. Hey, fantastic. I hate you. It pays to be a, a, a minor literature nerd. I can't believe it. All right. I should have reversed right, them. I should have reversed the questions. I knew I should have. I should have done it. I knew I had the thought. I'm like, I should reverse these. I'm like, no, there's going to be harder to pick that random number. I'm like, oh, wait, the number's not random. Uh, what's my hard question man as an english major i'm disappointed in you matt uh i have forgotten so much minutiae about literature that i don't know i haven't read i haven't i also haven't read uh why can't i remember lame is lame is and oh probably since i was a teenager so i mean neither have i but thankfully the simpsons and skinner made me sure i remembered that number (laughs) i guess that's fair also, Russell Crowe singing it. Ugh. Anyway, uh, your hard question. What is the name of the first location Frank Grimes Jr. tries to kill Homer? Spa. Family get... What is the name of the spa? <laughs> oh. I need the name? Spa. <laughs> Le Spa. Um, <laughs> it is Tender Love and Care. Oh, I'm sorry. It is the Stagnant Spring Spa. Cool. 
Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, cool, 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 cool. Uh, Matt now has a 12-point lead on me, so that's good. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. It's so bad. It's a good thing. <laughs> good thing. It's a good thing the Oilers won last night. Otherwise, I'd be in a very... I'd be very upset. Okay. Matt's killing mm-hmm. me. Just, just, just demolishing me this season. That's fine. That's okay. It was... It's, it's, a, it's inevitable. Matt is Thanos. Um, Matt, Matt is the person who remembers John Valjean's prison. I don't, Matt. I, I, I think, I think I have gotten brain damage from The Simpsons. I think they have. I mean, that's fair. I think I, mean, I, 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 I legitimately yeah. believe that I, this doing this podcast has made me stupider. Like as a whole, I think I am dumber than I than I used to be. Um, or maybe I'm just getting older and punishing myself by not sleeping enough and drinking too much caffeine. That's also quite possible. We can move on. Our final segment, the segment we end every single episode with, it's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is a part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. A story is alright. B plot, terrible. I hate it. Uh, where does this mean this goes? That's a, a fantastic idea. I just, I just no clue I okay mean... let's 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 try and find a, a spot for it let's let's try and do this but okay so season 19 husband and knives mm-hmm. number is number 287 eternal sunshine the, the moonshine of the simpson mind the moonshine episode is 270 so we've got a good stretch in there the moonshine i i've already forgotten all of these episodes man i know i have too i was trying to remember what else about it i know it's about moonshine but i know it's about moonshine that's the, oh, that, the one where Homer drinks himself to forget. Yeah. Yeah. It's real stupid. Um, Husbands and Knives, I think, is a good comparison point because it has good stuff in it that is over. It has some real dumb stuff. Yes. Like, I, I really like the comic book store stuff. And I think the fu- the comic book uh, artist creator stuff is fun. Alan Moore is always great. Uh, hamming it up. Um, but then the trophy husband's wife stuff is nonsense i would say that this episode is better than that i think it is better than eternal moonshine i think it's better than husbands and knives okay okay um eternal moonshine of the spotless mind i think is a good comparison point because it's like muddled right um how much i like like some of the internal moonshine stuff i like but then it also surrounds it with really stupid stuff um but I think we're getting that's I think that is the area we're, we're, we're looking I at. Mean, yeah. Um I right beneath that is a there is I'm like trying to get the upper boundary of it. Um I think hmm, it's really hard. I think thank God it's doomsday. No, I don't know. It's so hard because I think the A plot of this is interesting is better is better than a lot of like a lot of these episodes but also the b plot is misery um i'm gonna say here i know this last of the red hot mamas is number 255 i think that is i would definitely not put it above that i think last of the red hot mamas for sure is way better is better than this episode so i think that is the upper bound it's below that and then I think it's going to be below. I mean, I'm going to put it. I would want it below Marge Gamer. I feel like Marge Gamer overall is a better, more balanced episode than this. Just no matter how good the Columbo stuff is, Homer making out and showering with a towering piece of meat. No, thank you. Just 
no thank you no yeah i would i would go i would even go i think thank god it's doomsday is overall a better episode as well i think like i think oh balance if you yeah. like do take a mean of the a and b plot of this episode i think thank god it's doomsday works out better in the end uh actually i'd probably put this right below it i would say marge's sun poisoning that checks out is right below this dialing for Nerder would be right above margin sun poisoning and right below thank god it's doomsday how's this sound sounds good to me splitting hairs getting my uh really are <laughs> get, getting my uh gotta get my um my 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 honing stones out so i can get sharpen my knives so i can split hairs because that is what we're having to do to get these episodes fit in these places so dial in for nerder that is a number new number 267 on our list right below thank god it's doomsday right above march the sun poisoning a new number 77 on our best on our post golden years ranking now we have one more question to answer Matt, before we can before we can leave before we can go and that question is do we shoot this episode out of the cannon I think it's yes. We have to include it. We do, just because of the good parts, but the bad parts are just... It sucks that they have to come along with it. I want to give, like, an incremental. Like, can I measure the exact <laughs> amount of time the A-plot exists, and then that is how much of the episode is part of the canon? But we can. It's a yes or no question. So, yes, it's part of the canon. It stays. Even though I loathe to include the meat. The meat stuff. The, it's not, And that's, like, the worst. Everyone talked, Everyone mentioned, like, oh, my God, the meat, the Homer and the Lamb stuff is so terrible. Like, yes, it is, but the entire B-plot is useless. It's just a waste. Mm-hmm. I hate it. I don't know. I think I've lost all the joy in my life. Although, I will say, Matt, I watched that new that new Star Trek, that Strange New Worlds. I watched that first episode. Oh, yeah? And, and I actually enjoyed it. I enjoyed New Trek. So... I would assu- I assume you would, because it's just basically a rehash of existing Trek. I just like that it's, like, episodic. Like, it's just one-and-done episodes. They're not doing, like... Yeah, it's definitely something that has been lacking. I don't... I just want... I don't want to watch a season story. I mean, that can happen. Like, you can have, like, characters go through arcs and stuff, but I like having, like, oh, they go to this planet, a thing happens, and they leave. And then it's over. We go to the next planet and do that. That's great. Um, We're going to work our way. We're we're going to... We're not done, though, Matt. We're going to go to the top of the list. Work our way down as we answer this question about all our episodes. We are now at number 88. Lucky number 88. Homie the Clown. I mean... Yes, obviously. That's like one of the best Krusty the Clown episodes, period. And one of the better Homer ones. I'm seeing double here. Full of Krusties. Full of Krusties. Full of Krusties. Uh, yeah, so Homie the Clown is great. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Very funny. Um, eminently quotable. And uh, very good Krusty episode. Very good Homer episode, for that matter. A lot of fun. Uh, so, yeah, it's part of the canon Homie the Clown. Um, you can find this list of websites. It's simpsonshow.com. It has links to everything. we, uh, All the things we we have on the internet for the, this, this, this podcast. So it's our website. It's our Twitter. It's at Simpsons show at Simpsons. Why can't I, Matt? Why can't you talk? Good question. Simpsons, at Simpsons show pod. I, I mean, I have been talking for multiple hours now, so it, you do run out of juice eventually. Um, our RSS feed and, and our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash this show links for everything on our, everything there on our website. If you need to find them, um, but you probably don't, because you can just go on Google and say this, and it'll show you. Our next episode, Matt, 
I read like I just read the title and I immediately grimace. I'm like, Egh. um, the next episode is we're doing next week is Smoke on the Daughter. Interesting. Written by what? Billy Kimball, the only writing credit he has on the show. And oh the synopsis, Lisa becomes a ballerina at an academy and discovers her natural talent is enhanced by secondhand cigarette smoke. Oh, meanwhile, meanwhile, Homer shows Bart his secret room where he has been where he has secretly been making beef jerky and is torn when a family of raccoons steal it. <laughs> Oh, this is a joke. He's torn with a family of raccoons. Raccoons, Matt. They steal his jerky. (laughs) It's going to be so bad. Lisa's a good ballerina because she breathes in smoke. That makes sense, right? They're going to explain that away in some really stupid, like, oh, the nicotine helps or some garbage. I uh, can't wait for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, watch along with us if you dare. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. If you can, if you dare. Um, uh, that, that'll do it for us uh, this week. I'm Robbie. You can find me on, online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. You can see all my hockey tweets as I <laughs> rave into the night uh, at hockey games. Lately, it's been fine. We've been blowouts, so I've been, I've been okay. Um, my website is my name. Again, it's Robbie Dorman. RobbieDorman.com. It has links to everything I do on the internet and links to purchase my books, my novels. I have 10 of them, nine horror novels and one Western. My newest novel is the Western. It's called Burial. It is about an aging lady gunslinger getting revenge on the man who wronged her, but his death is not enough. She must bury him in a, a, the, the, the darkest radioactive hellscape in, in the wastes to make sure he gets sent to hell. Uh, it's a great book. It's my best yet. You should give it a shot. I'd really appreciate it if you did. And I love you forever. That is not hyperbole. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. Uh, that's completely fair. Social media is a garbage hellscape, but that's okay. Uh, because it's one of the best places to find pictures of kittens, which you can find at Kitten Turns, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S. Uh, because if there's only one good thing the internet has brought us, it is pictures of kittens, especially ones that I get to play with. And you could possibly get to play with them, too, if you'd like to adopt these adorable little moppets, especially the ginger one. Please get him out of my house. But that's it. Oh, get him out of your house. What's wrong? He's a very sweet boy. He just has way more energy than I could deal with. He needs a, a small child or a puppy to play with constantly. Mm, that's fair. Uh, that'll do it for us today. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. Thank you, buddy. This is... Shh.